for this topic, you know, there's two key things that jumped out. One, the amazing renewable energy potential. It's probably considered one one of the best renewable energy zones uh, in the world uh, in terms of the availability of both wind and, and solar, and I'd say pumped hydro as well. Uh, but also its proximity to markets the uh, and the ability to, to go that next level and harness that renewable energy for that value-add processing, you know, the manufacturing, the really upskilling of, you know, various industries and bring some of that manufacturing onshore. Welcome to the Queensland Energy Club podcast series, Energy Talks. Just one note before we start today, the views and opinions in this podcast belong to the people expressing them and not to the companies or organisations they're a part of. I'm Sally Levis, the Managing Director and Founder of the Queensland Energy Club. I am delighted to be sharing the booth today with Chris Wade. Chris has over 20 years experience in senior leadership, project development and investment across the infrastructure, clean energy and property sectors. Chris is the former CEO of the Northern Australian Infrastructure Facility, also known as NAIF, where he led a significant enterprise change program to transfer NAIF into a cross-sector industry development financier, resulting in the doubling of NAIF's investment commitments during his tenure. Today, Chris is joined by Dr Heidi Edmonds, Project Manager, Queensland Projects at Beyond Zero Emissions, and Joseph O'Brien, Director and Co-Founder of Copper String 2.0. And finally, podcast host Dan Brown, Global Co-Head of International Projects Group and Partner with Global Law Firm Ashurst. Welcome all. The theme for today's podcast is Northern Australia, the next green industrial superpower. On that note, I'll hand over to you, Dan, to introduce Chris, Heidi and Joseph and further the conversation. Welcome all. We've heard some really beautiful stuff around well, why we're we talking about Northern Australia. Um, it, it seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, we've spoken about the huge opportunities, not just in renewables, but across many parts of our economy and sectors that um, we are naturally abundant in uh, here, here in Australia. Uh, we've also spoken deeply about the importance of community and human connection and that being an asset. But what are, like when the rubber hits the road um, and, we, and we really want to ensure that we fulfil this potential, what, what do we need to do? Like what needs to happen? I'd I'll probably kick that off. I think in, in some ways, simply, it, it is now taking advantage of the opportunity. Yep. Um, I think the resources are known, the the requirements are known, the challenges are known. Uh, we know now that we're in an environment, at least at a federal level, there is, is now funding to, a re, you know, there's a focus not only on uh, interconnectivity and rewiring the nation, there's a very strong focus on manufacturing through the National Reconstruction fund as well so all the elements are there uh but northern australia will compete <laughs> yeah against uh the rest of australia yeah and as joseph said you know technically you know you put solar in a paddock in south australia versus southern australia versus northern australia it's sort of equivalent even though you might say northern australia still has better better resources yeah um so i think now now's the time so i think in some ways, I look at Northern Australia as how, how you know, whether it's the Gladstone region, the Townsville region, Central North Queensland or Northern Territory, how they position themselves for that. So I think yeah. that's part of it because there is 
there is policy support, there's drivers that you can, um, pardon the pun, connect into. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other part of it, and I've sort of come from my investment background, is how you, you bring investors along, yep. part of that journey. And I think the my observation is the, the exciting thing, again, is that clean energy and even uh, manufacturing and processing are now becoming very uh, uh, sort of targeted sectors by, by investors. Even if I look at renewable energy now, probably three or four years ago, a lot of the investment was still quite passive and would yeah. wait for someone to develop it and then they would come in. Uh, I'm seeing now a lot of investors, both in Australia and particularly globally, set up development investment funds. Yep. Um, and on a broader, just a broader theme of net zero carbon <laughs> strategy. So that's really exciting. So I think, you know, we've got this nice coincidence now of, of policy alignment Um funding interest uh but northern australia will have to to to, to punch and, and fight for for that for that role as well yep and i you know asked my question around whether it's naive to think we could create a framework that's applied universally across northern australia but i mean what are the opportunities for all of this great work as it relates to communities being the blueprint or being used elsewhere in australia with that, Dan, I'll expand back to the scale of the opportunity and why I think the blueprint makes sense because Australia has a $333 billion opportunity by 2050. That's the scale of the potential export market that we modelled in our export powerhouse uh, report yep. beyond zero emissions. And renewable energy industrial precincts could play an important role in that across Australia uh, you know, there's there's southern locations as well that we've flagged, like Latrobe Valley, yep. Bell Bay. It's, it's it's a lot of money that we could be making. It's it's um, substantially multiple times more than our current fossil fuel exports. So the scale of the opportunity is massive, and it's important that this kind of rollout is done well. And so I think the way that those community benefits and those engagement with the communities and of the social license can be optimised as well as the environmental impacts uh, is is coming back to that need for strategic planning, looking yeah. at the land use yeah. across uh, across the country, you know, across Northern Australia, but across the country uh, for its infrastructure needs, for its optimal energy resources, and also ensuring that the requirement to have good social licence, the requirement to have good engagement with First Nations people and good benefit sharing with communities, good good skill upskilling and skill sharing is embedded in the processes for the renewable energy zones yeah. in the different states, for the renewable energy industrial precincts that we think are going to be really important part of Australia's manufacturing future yeah. in yeah. Northern Australia and elsewhere. Yeah, I love that. And so in addition to that, Joseph, if you were to pull back and look at all of the amazing kind of, for want of a better phrase, intellectual property that you and your team have gleaned from the many years of delivering the copper string, uh, and you were to do an Elon Musk and not purchase um, Twitter, or I don't think that's happened yet, but, um, <laughs> but if you were to do what he did in relation to Tesla and like release the kind of key IP onto the web so that everybody had access to it. What are the other things or, or some of the critical things that you feel 
people should know? Because I know that you've mentioned the stakeholder piece a number of times now um, in terms of having different conversations and overcoming the tyranny distance. Um, I've also heard you talk about you know that incumbent application on the stakeholders to actually get out there and see the opportunity for themselves and to ensure that they're contributing in a relevant way but I mean is there is there anything else that you can think of based on the, the time in the trenches you know actually doing a deal oh it, it, it's nothing uh, that that we have done that is unique and and you know we're not quite over the finish line yet but clearly persistence has a role to yeah. play uh, and that you can't really trademark that, but you do have to have a, an unusually long view to to take on these things. And, and that's the great thing. I mean, 2050, uh, it's easy to be politically cynical and say, well, if you commit to anything by 2050, I mean, yeah. none of you are going to be up for, for your job at that point in time. But it's created a great horizon yeah. where all of a sudden you do the math, like Heidi and BZ, he does so well, and you say, far out. Yeah. This, is, this is really big. Yeah. And we spent a long time yeah. in Australia doing maths on a you know, three-year cycle and yeah. say, well, we can, you know, a couple more billion every year is fine. And now <laughs> it's, it's sort of eye-watering. So I, I think that's, um, that's not an observation of copper string. That's an observation of, of all the big impactful infrastructure that has been delivered for Northern yeah. Australia. Um, yeah. You've been listening to Energy Talks by Queensland Energy Club. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, you'll be thrilled to know that the full-length interview will be available to podcast subscribers of the Queensland Energy Club. To become a podcast subscriber is simple. Just go to the podcast page at queenslandenergyclub.com.au and sign up to become a podcast subscriber. Thank you for listening.